This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, guys, to the Blue Stable Podcast. As always, we got a special episode for you guys today. I am Michael PV, as always, your host. Joined by me, as always, Destin Adams, Rashad McGinnis. As you guys know, we told you last week, Rashad won't be here this week because he is down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, doing all types of coverage for the Blue Stable. Head over on Twitter, follow him. King of Colts is his Twitter handle right now. Destin, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling jealous of our boy Rashad. Definitely. Um, obviously, I doubt I could have talked the wife into letting me swing a trip to Alabama this year. Um, we have a three-month-old child. Um, turned three months old yesterday, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So we're having to represent that way as parents right now. But super pumped for Rashad being able to represent the Blue Stable out in Mobile. Hey, man, you had to try and convince the wife. I had to try and convince the new boss and as soon as I got credentialed and I asked, I was kind of heartbroken. But at the end of the day, man, you always got to move on. But guys, this is a special episode because we're still talking Colts football. We're still talking, you know, potential training, all that stuff, because we have a special guest with us here today. Eddie, and I want to pronounce this right. Eddie McGilvra. There you go, bro. There you, you go. Eddie, how yeah. you doing, man? I can't complain, man. It's, you know, 60 degrees, Southern California. Nothing wrong <laughs> out here. Man, so cow, everybody, man, everybody listening to Indy right now is uh is jealous. We got a warm day today. I think it's like 45 right now where I'm at. <laughs> Aren't y'all supposed to be getting like 12 inches of snow soon? We're we're getting hit, we're getting hit in a couple of days. When this episode drops, there might already be snow on the ground, even. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Hey man. So cow, they just picked up Caleb Williams going to USC. So that's pretty the video he put out there was kind of cringeworthy, honestly. But, hey, big, big pickup for USC. But this is not a USC podcast, guys. These are Colts questions. We are Colts fans. We're not going to talk about Trojans, even though Rashad's a USC guy. We got Eddie here. Eddie, and introduce yourself to the people, man. We know who you are, but we want to give you the floor real quick to open the show. 
Right on, man. I'm a I'm a uh, NFL college high school um, coach, consultant, teacher, trainer. Um, kind of well-rounded in that sense. I work with defensive ends, defensive tackles, nose guards, edge guys, outside backers. Um, guys come to me all times off season out here in SoCal. Uh, I'll travel out to them every now and then. Um, just, you know, just all around football head and, and enjoy helping, you know, guys see the game through my eyes. And when, real quick, what jerseys do we got hanging in the back? Oh, those are uh, that's those are like the close. Those are like the family right there, man. That's uh, Alex Singleton. He's uh, now with Philly, and then Morgan Fox, who was with the Rams, he's now with Charlotte. There we go. There we go. Hey guys, uh, real quick, make sure you head on over to Blue Stable. Check out any type of articles, you know, any type of news breaking articles, updates. We got more uh, websites and articles coming to you guys soon. So. Eddie, I'll start off the first question, man. You got into it a little bit, but maybe if you want to go in depth, you know, when all of this started for you, becoming a trainer, getting deep uh, into the development process for, for young people, what made you become and influenced you to become a developer of, you know, current and future pass rushers and football players trying to get to the NFL? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm just a big fan of, of, you know, the art of pass rush in general and defensive line play. Uh, so anytime I get a chance to learn from somebody or see it through somebody else's eyes or hear it through their mouth, like to me, I never think I know everything. So I feel like there's always something to learn from somebody. And I was fascinated by the, you know, the ability to get to the quarterback and cut down wasted motions to get there faster so when I first started coaching, I was doing everything in my power to help develop younger guys. I started at the JUCO level. You know, I've been, I coached JUCO for eight years now out here in Southern California. I had a lot of success. A lot of guys transferred to Division One schools, you know, full scholarship. And, um, you know, once I started working with pros, man, I think I learned more from them than I learned from any coaches. So, you know, I think that's what kind of took me and developed, developed my craft was just being around the guys that actually play on Sundays. And uh, I was able to absorb that, their knowledge and see it through th their eyes and kind of took off from there. The Juco world, that's a, that's a whole nother monster. Just, I, I feel like whenever I've scouted or worked into the Juco realm of things, you just see monster athletes that just need – I feel like it's just like a very untapped potential type of world, even just monster athletes that really just need that coaching and that mechanic fixes. Um, I, I bet that's a trainer's playground. I love it, man. I love it for a lot of reasons. Like you said, like very raw potential athletic guys that maybe weren't developed in high school um, or maybe, you know, were got to the division one level and, you know, they're young a lot of times you're not ready for that um, to be out there in the real world by yourself like that. And you, you need to come back and humble yourself and be around a program that's going to take care of you. And for me, I, I played it myself. So I went through the process and I was one of those kids that was like, I wasn't ready for division one. So when I got there, I was, you know, right back to Juco. And I saw a lack of resource in a sense where guys weren't getting developed because the school didn't have the money to pay for coaches. You know, they couldn't be on campus X, Y, Z. And 
Um, so I just took my own time and, and I grabbed every, every class I had, I grabbed them in the off season, in the spring, in the summer. And we worked on, you know, pass rush, run stuff, technique, watched film together. And I really saw those guys buy in and enjoy it. So that's kind of where I saw the, the business opportunity of training full time. And you kind of touched on this a little bit, just some of the different types of athletes you've worked with. Um, but is there a few that have kind of stood out for you just being the most physically gifted players you've worked with, whether that's played with, trained, or you've known personally? Ooh, that's, that one's tough, man. Um, I would say played against when I was in high school, I played against Andrew Luck and that man was a freak show, extremely hard to tackle. You know, you feel like you're grabbing him and he's not moving. Um, I would say play like played against Andrew Luck was probably the craziest at the time played with, I mean, all types of guys, but you, you know, they didn't, they didn't necessarily become big time names. Uh, guys that I train, I mean, Quiddy's one of the freakiest guys. Quiddy pays one of the freakiest guys. I'm, I'm around uh, in the off season. He's just, he's different. He has a different type of twitch to him. And um, I say Quinnen Williams, when I had him for pre-draft in 2019, I mean, he was so raw because he had really only played one year at D tackle at Alabama so that was that was a special special guy to be around. Um, and then this year, man, I mean, David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan, those two guys are just phenomenal athletes and are going to you know take the NFL by storm right away. Ojabo is bendy, like oh yeah, definition yeah. of the word bendy. I mean, it's different, bro. I mean, I I joked with him. I was like, your new nickname is going to be Rubber Band Man. I was like, because every time you go down, you just pop right back up like it's nothing. David Ojogbo, edge one, everybody. He is my edge one this year. Um, and speaking of, you know, while we're at it on prospects, Eddie, looking at this current class of prospects coming out of college, you know, down in Mobile right now, going to be drafted in April. Who are some of your favorites in this one? You mentioned a couple of them, the Michigan boys, but. You know, if you want to, you know, harp and uh, go on about them or speak on anybody else, who are some of your favorites within this class? Yeah, I would say like uh, obviously Aiden, you know, his film and his it's just it's untapped. You know, like there's there's nobody really touching that off the edge. He's a special, special individual when it comes to football. And his mindset is just it's unlimited, man. He can really do whatever he wants. Uh, obviously, Ojabo, I've been working with him and he's, he's fun to work with because he's, um, he's very like a ball of clay. You know, you can really do whatever you want with him. He just started playing ball, I think three years ago, four years ago, maybe. So he's a, uh, he's great. Um, uh, Boye Mafe, a Minnesota edge. Uh, also one of my guys for this class, incredible bend as well. You know, really twitchy, really long. He hasn't really been developed at Minnesota. You know, not really a knock on Minnesota, but more when you're in college, right? You're not necessarily working on technique. You're working on the schematics of stuff. So that's usually how it goes. And guys got to figure it out on their own. Uh, but Boy has been adding some counter moves to his rushes. And he's going to, I think he should be great at the senior bowl. Um, another guy, Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma. 
he is more of a, you know, bouncing inside outside type of hybrid. He can play three technique. He can play five. He can go on the edge. He's a phenomenal athlete and he's very tall, long. So I would look out for him at the senior bowl. And then guys that I've worked with just, you know, not necessarily for prep for the senior bowl, but in the spring when they were in college, they'd come out for spring break. Uh, Arnold, uh, I don't want to ruin his last name. It's Ebiquete, I want to say, um, but I call him AK. Uh, he is he is really, really twitchy, really quick, really fast. He has a big range of pass rush moves, and he showed him at Penn State. And he, I'm assuming he's going to put on a show at the senior bowl. It's going to be tough to block him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that's a, that's it's a very deep group, but those are just some of the names I've worked with. So, um, so this is kind of not on the question list, I guess, but just kind of going off what you just said a little bit. So, I mean, these guys are working at the senior bowl. These guys are trying to impress some of these uh, smaller names you even kind of mentioned, like what's what are some things those guys can do during this draft process to rise from being these bottom no names to being a guy you hear on day two of the draft maybe late day one even well I think obviously like showcases like the senior bowl right if you get that invite that's a huge opportunity uh shrine the shrine did a great job this year I saw they you know they had a new uh uh director come in and, and really help that and it being in Las Vegas was huge I think um you know there's some smaller bowls too like uh, I think like it's like the gridiron bowl uh the hoop it was like the hula bowl I want to say right it's another one um, those type of bowls are big I think because you just get uh, those eyes on you in person so if you prepare for those I think you can definitely move your stock up as a lower graded um, player but I think you know, I, I tell everybody this, like if you're a lower if you're a lower prospect on somebody's mock draft, like don't take that to heart, because at the end of the day, there's 32 teams. You only need one to invest in you. And if that one is investing in you, then they believe in you. Um, and when you walk into a room as a football player, you can't change just because, you know, you're in the NFL. Now you got to be confident and proud in yourself because that's what got you there. So if you're a lower prospect like at the end of the day put that chip on your shoulder and use it as fuel and just put your head down and work that's all you can really do good stuff good stuff from eddie mcgilver here uh real quick i mean same with destin uh you did not mention a guy that i'm actually curious to get your take on he's like i i know you know every you know destin him and i do this with rashad all every year we go through like my guys who is my guy in the draft and one of the guys that i love is uh Majai Sanders out of Cincinnati. I think he blossomed this year. I kind of, you know, wish that he didn't go last year, which he did not, came back, kind of shined a little bit more this year, put some more good stuff on tape. What is your evaluation of him going into this draft, and where do you possibly put project him if you wanted to put a projection on him? Oh, you know, I haven't seen too much of him. I've heard the name pop up, and I've seen some clips I watched them against, uh, I think it was Bama, right? Yeah, I watched them against Bama because that was the playoff game. But mm-hmm. um, I've heard good things. I mean, you know, I think he's projected top three rounds, I want to say. So what I saw from him was just a great get off, which is, you know, f- the first thing you got to have. Um, I'm not too sure about his, you know, his development or where he comes from or who he works with, but um, I've only heard good things about him. 
Uh, so just going down the list here, um, the Colts are kind of looking into uh, a new defensive coordinator, obviously, and a new defensive scheme, um, and maybe some tweaking to the old scheme even. Um, so knowing Quiddy and how you've worked with him in the past, what defensive scheme do you think he would be best suited for? Is there a, is there a scheme that you feel like he wouldn't fit in? I don't know if he wouldn't fit in anything because if you look back at his Michigan days, I mean, he was in a 3-3. Um, kind of playing four eye, which I thought, I mean, when we talked last time, I thought that was crazy. Um, and, you know, it's funny actually talking to Aiden and, and Ojabo, if Quiddy were to play in that, in McDonald McDonald's system from last year at Michigan, he probably would have had, you know, 13, 15 sacks. Um, so I really think he is more suited to be in a four down, just keep him on the edge you know, let them play outside, uh, let them play against the right tackle, the left tackle. It doesn't really matter, but he needs to be on the edge because he's going to set the edge against the run. He's fantastic against that. And he's definitely going to start improving as a pass rusher now that he has a year of tape under his belt. I think even as the year went on last year, we kind of got to see Quiddy Pay's pass rush um, come to live a little bit. I mean, he may have not ended with the – crazy stat numbers that people want to talk about for like rookie of the year and everything like that. I believe he ended up with just four and a half. Um, but I do know that um, the second half of the season last year, um, he was in a t- he was among the top three rookies in quarterback pressures um, last year in that second half of the season, as he started to get his feet wet a little bit, and just kind of get accustomed to the NFL. So I think I can speak for all Colts fans where I say we're really pumped for what Quiddy Pay is going to bring in year two. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised on that pressure stat you gave me. I just want like st- like sacks are interesting. It's like sacks take a lot more than just a person's individual skill or effort. It's it's it has to do with the entire rush. You know, all guys rushing the quarterback have to be able to do a certain thing for one person or two people to get there. So I think stats are obviously a overblown. Everybody wants a sack. It gets you paid. It's it's the pretty stat but pressures QB hits to me you know as as a trainer and a coach I love those stats you know I I see those stats I talk to Quiddy all year long after every game before every game and I'm like bro don't worry about getting a sack just keep your track keep your momentum and the sacks will come you know he I think it was the Jets game on a Thursday night I think he could have easily had a three plus sack game you know, there was a couple throws where the quarterback's knee was almost down or he got an intentional grounding. That happens all the time. So sacks are a little bit overblown in that sense for Quiddy. And uh, I think he got the, you know, the all-rookie all team. Uh, yeah, he got that for a reason, man. He's, you turn the tape on and he's, he's playing high-level football. And, you know, the speed of the game really wasn't a problem for him. Say so it was either the – Patriots or Raiders game one of the last couple home games that I was at this past year where it felt like Quiddy very easily could have had three sacks but instead he ended with one and a half um, because somebody was just jumping in on everything he got Um, so I mean the sack numbers like you said they'll come Um, the half sacks come into play where it feels like numbers get skewed a little bit I like to look at quarterback pressures I like to look at quarterback hits a lot near the end of the season because I feel like it tells more of a fuller picture kind of like what you're saying. Yeah, I think you're right on with that. I think Eddie does have a point with uh, when it comes to the sacks are overblown. I'm 
much bigger on sacks than Destin is when you get more mature in the NFL, when you're a, a rookie, when you're in your second year and your third year, that's where I want to look at the pressures, the hits. That's why last offseason I was big on getting a vet, not a rookie, to help this team uh, succeed. With the, with the rookie, if you're getting pressures, that means you're already tapping into the NFL. You're already almost there. And Quiddy went against some strong, strong tackles this year. And I don't think anybody really looks at that, at the quality of tackles he and this defensive line went against in the amount. And like Destin mentioned, in the second half of the of the season, it just kept coming. It just kept coming. That dip and rip kept coming. The power, the speed, the get off. And I, I love his get off. It's definitely important for him. And I loved how he just started coming on. And with Destin, with Destin, what he said with the sacks and everything, everybody jumping in. I remember a couple of those. Kamoko Toure jumped in. DeForest Buckner jumped in and everything. I think that's just, they know what they're doing. Come on now. They know what they're doing. They're trying to get their stats as well. Um, and yeah, they're definitely right now. What I, you know, kind of not speaking too good, I, I guess if you want to say not speaking too good with Quiddy, he was a rookie. Was there anything that you saw uh, from, from, from his game this year that, you know, that he, he definitely needs work on? Yeah, well, I think it's hard to pinpoint one thing. Um, everybody needs a lot of work coming from rookie year to second year because you want to make that jump. Uh, Quiddy has a phenomenal get off. He's had that, you know, and that's something he'll continue to build off of. I think now it's just understanding like, okay, you've seen X amount of games. You have all this film. You, you can now start to learn to study your opponent, their tendencies. You know, you start to grow so much mentally from your first year to your second year. And then I say this to everybody that works with me, confidence is your number one pass rush. It always will be. And so as he gains confidence in himself and what he's doing, he is going to elevate his game, you know, and, and that's, that's going to come. That's going to come soon in my opinion, because of what he put on tape and he's, he's gaining that confidence. You know, I think it's really tough for someone like Quiddy, you know, you're a rookie, your defensive line coach isn't necessarily a great pass rush coach in a sense, right? He he's an older guy and I don't know much about him, but you know, their, their whole staff is now going to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully what happens is, is that they get a, a defensive coordinator in there and a D line coach that has, um, you know, a, the knowledge of being able to work with Quiddy during the season because that's, you know, that's, that goes around the NFL a lot, actually. It's not just in Indy. A lot of places in the NFL, they're not necessarily developing their rookies to pass rush or to do something in a sense where, you know, you're a professional, you're expected to come in, develop or work on your game in the offseason and invest with your own money, your own time and invest to be able to play right away. You know, and that's what a lot of guys, you know, that's what a lot of guys are starting to realize in the NFL is that, hey, I need to find somebody to get with whatever it is, if I'm a quarterback, if I'm a receiver, if I'm an O-lineman, right? It goes, it goes everywhere. But I think defensive linemen now are starting more than ever to realize like, Hey, I got to get with somebody that I can trust and I can work with. And it works for me so that when I do get to camp, you know, I'm not necessarily still trying to develop moves and what I like to do, you know? And kind of just, 
touching base, um, you just kind of spoke on like what he can improve on, which like you said, if you're not trying to improve in the off season um, in the NFL, why are you here? Um, is kind of like how I look at it a little bit, but um, so looking at Quiddy Pay's rookie year, um, and you've talked a little bit about where he's flashed and things like that. Um, where do you think he excelled at um, in year one that you may have not been prepared for him to excel already at? I think getting off of the blocks and putting the moves into 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 action, like we worked on a lot of different stuff um, while he was here in California with me. Um, but I wasn't expecting him to be able to take it to the game and make it look so smooth so quickly. Um, you know, especially coming from college where he didn't necessarily get to rush on the edge that often. He gets to the Colts and he's rushing the edge. And I think in the preseason right away, he was, you know, putting those moves into display and he was getting to the quarterback and it really happened all year long. So I think uh, I think that's what I was kind of surprised about how quickly he was able to do that and surprised that the speed of the game wasn't necessarily you know, slowing him down at all. He, he really stepped up in that sense. Um, so, so, you know, I think I, I said this to you last time we spoke, it's, it's not going to be about his sack numbers or anything. I just want to see him um, kind of how he develops throughout the year and how quickly he starts to get things and it clicks and, you know, talking to him, it, it seemed like it was clicking all year long. Yeah. And hopefully uh, going into year two, uh, and, you, and this isn't something you have to touch on just because you know Quiddy a little bit and you've talked to him more. But hopefully they add a little bit more talent on the defensive line to be able to help him out in a sense. Um, and then also getting, like you said, a fresher mind or a fresher take on a pass rusher um, type of coach at the defensive line with that opening being there. Like you said, the entire defensive staff now open, so a lot of changes coming for Indy. Hey, Dustin, you never know. We might be talking to the Colts defensive line coach right now. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to put you on the spot right there, Eddie, but uh, – <laughs> it's I actually fun. made that. I I, I joked with Quiddy too. Uh, he he when he told me that I was like, "Shoo, slide me in." Right. I was hey. To mess with him. Uh, here's talk, my car. Talk about a lateral move, man. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> talk about a lateral move. Oh man. Um. No. You know. I. I mean. I've. That's. That's a goal of mine. One day. You know. Just speaking on myself. But I'm young, man. I'm 30. In the industry, I'm young. I've been doing this. This is my fourth year on my own, really, just like putting in the program work and, and keeping my head down. And to me, it's like I, I never really looked that too far ahead because I got a lot of people that rely on me and what I do. So I, I like to focus on them when the time comes, it'll come. And, and if it's the right fit for me, then, you know, so be it. I'll, I'll take it and run with it like I have everything else. There you go. Okay. And if there's any, any high school kids, right now in the Southern California area or that are going to be going to college, going to be going to trying to get to the NFL. Eddie, you want to uh, plug your, um, uh, your training? Yeah. So I'm in Southern California. I'm in a thousand Oaks Westlake area out here in SoCal. It's actually where the Rams are, where their facility is. Um, I'm be, I'm really out here all from January going into late July, August. Um, you know, available for really whoever, as long as, as long as it makes sense time-wise for me, obviously pretty busy with combine right now. Senior bowl prep just got finished up. We'll move into the second phase, which is, uh, which is getting ready for combine and pro days for everybody. And then the next phase will be like rookie mini camps for the pros. Uh, all the veterans start piling in. I'll be at UCLA. They're actually awesome. They open up the, uh, 
they opened up the facility for me and the pros to come in. They love us out there. So, you know, shout out UCLA. They've been great. Um, and that's where uh, that's where your guy Quiddy will be with me. Uh, I think uh, he's coming out. Uh, I think he said the end of February. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to make sure to tell him um, your favorite Colts podcast uh, for, <laughs> is the Blue Stable for him. No uh, but if, if you guys aren't already following Eddie on social media, um, whether it's for um, defensive line and edge consulting or just breakdowns of the game in that, in that type of world, um, at DL Coach Ed, DL Coach Ed on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys give him a follow. Uh, maybe if you're lucky like me, he'll follow you back. I appreciate it, man. I definitely need to be one of those lucky ones, uh, Destin. Definitely got to be like you. I want to be like you when I grow up. But anyways, guys, this is Eddie McGilvra, the trainer of Quiddy Pay and many others, guys. He is deep into the business. He is very good at his job. He said he was 30. I never would have guessed he was 30 years old. This dude looks like he just got out of college at 23 <laughs> years old, man. Typical Southern California guy, man. But uh, um, other than that, Destin, Eddie, is there uh, anything else that we want to talk about? Eddie, real quick, Super Bowl, Bengals, Rams, who you got? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Come on, man. That's, on the that's spot. Gonna, that's I'll, I'll give mine. That's I'll not give hard mine. for me, man. I'm going with my guys in L.A. Um, you know, shout out Greg Gaines, mm -hmm. Michael Hoyt, OBZ, you know, the whole team over there, man. Those guys are awesome. Um, the coaches, Coach Henny, Coach Dixon, um, I think they're taking it home, man, at the home stadium, at SoFi. Defensive line is playing incredible. I know this is a Colts podcast, but, you know, that defensive line has been, in my opinion, just the best the last two, three years. Obviously, AD 99 over there. Um, but Yeah, I guess he's okay at football. Yeah, yeah. man. But, you I know, guess. He's all right. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. You know, the, I think it'll be a good game, but I, it's – it's going to be hard to keep the Rams from winning in that stadium. So I'm hey, going to, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say Rams by six points. Hey, I, 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 I'm with you. Um, I think the Bengals are a fun story. I think the Bengals have been a fun team to watch. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've been the underdog the last two weeks and they found a way to win. I don't think they're going to make it happen um, against the Rams in the Super Bowl. but Hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. If Sebastian Joseph day plays, and they're able to get him in for the run stuff, and the Bengals can't run the ball, could be over earlier than expected. That, that's, that's what that's I was – Now, the real about. question is, are the Rams going to break the Bengal, the Titans' sack record against the Bengals two weeks ago with nine? <laughs> See, that that's my thing. Could the Rams that's, do it? That's my. I think my they learned thing. their lesson. I think they learned their lesson. They – they're protecting better. They're coached up. You know, this the NFL is crazy, man. You'll see teams get blown out one week. They'll come back and they'll win the next week. Hey, it's and the best in the business. To. You know, they they coach, they get paid for a reason. They're professionals. Like, they're not just going to take it on the chin and be like, oh, okay, we're done. You know, you saw them bounce back. They gave up nine sacks, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And they come back and then, you know, pressure was somewhat of an issue, but they adjusted and they were able to beat Kansas City in Kansas City. Um so you could see that's that's the NFL for you, man. One week you're up, one week you're down. You got to bounce back. You got to make your money, earn your money as a coach and a player. So I, I'm hoping for a really good game, but I'm also hoping my guys take home the ship so we can uh, we can have a little celebration before we get into training. 
Hey, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I put you on the spot yes, there. So I appreciate yes. you uh, giving a prediction there. I, I think I agree. I think I, I, I'm going to end up going with the Rams as well. And the NFL, most competitive in all professional sports, in my opinion, for the 17th straight season, um, we're going to have a non-repeat Super Bowl champion. Best, best in the world. Love the NFL. Um, take the NFL over anything else. Um, that, that's me personally. Yes. This has been a great playoffs. This has been great playoffs, great football played. I don't see how this game is close. I'm probably going to agree with, with, with Ed here. I don't see how this game is close at all. I got the Rams winning 34 to 13. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like the Chiefs defense is similar to the Rams because they're not. They're tougher up front. They're more physical in the secondary. They're more skilled in the secondary I'm not going to disrespect the Rams like that. So I'll go, go with the Rams. But other than that, guys, this has been the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. We are the Blue Stable. I am Michael Pevia. He is Destin Adams. Thank you again to Eddie McGilvera. Thank you again. We hope we can sit down and have many more of these talks talking about Quiddy in the Pro Bowl and the All-Pro selections, all that stuff, things to come. And other than that, guys, we will see you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.